0: You have as much authority in you as the apostle has to heal. And you might say, Well, Brother Billy, what did it means in the book of James called for the elders of the church. Jesus, his half brother, wrote that, but it was written to a young church that was scattered, didn't know their position in God, and didn't know the authority that they have. I want to give you a word this morning. You need to know who you are. Hmm? The church must come to the place that know who we are. You have as much authority to pray for your family. You say, why don't you call for the apostles of the elders of the church? Because that was new and they weren't established and they didn't know who they was. They didn't know the authority and the power they had. God wants us to realize who we are. How many wants to realize who you are? You need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You are the sons and daughters of the living God. That's who you are. Abraham's servant went down to get Isaac a bride. And when he got down there, he got off his camels and he made his camels to lay down. He had ten of them. And the scripture says three times, I believe it is, that Rebekah came running or making haste came running and making haste she said sir i will draw waters for your camels she didn't come to drink sister linda only she came to serve are you with me we come to christ not just to drink but we come to serve come to serve a camel at one setting can drink as much as 40 gallons of water at one time <laughs> one time that means when I was a kid coming up and brother Mevin promised to our well we had two wells on our farm one down close to the hog pen the lot and we'll all stock laid that one well it was about 30 to 40 foot deep we had one at the house you let that bucket down in that bucket hold two gallons of water that thing would weigh 18 pounds going out that meant she had to go down 20 times and pull up To water one camel she watered 10 camels i want you to listen to the word of the lord this morning he did have ear to hear hear what the lord is saying she did not know but her service brother james clayton was going to introduce her into the richest family on the face of the earth and that was abraham we do not know what god has planned for us in our services for god he's going to introduce us to the richest kingdom on the face of this earth and that's jesus christ of nazareth amen when she got pregnant god did not reveal to isaac what was going on he didn't reveal it you can read it for yourself he didn't reveal it to him he revealed it to rebecca Hmm? she was a foreigner Brother Ken done a wonderful job in the Sunday school class. God is not c- really cares who you are. He will take you as you are. He will put something in you that you can't get in there through years of living. She went and asked the Lord, said, what's going on inside here? I feel to tell you women this morning, and all you men, you need to get impregnated in your spiritual womb with the spirit and the power of God he said there's two nations." Jesus said told Peter when he told him said you are the Christ he said flesh and blood does not really don't look for flesh and blood to reveal it to you don't look for people to come and try to give you a word that is not in contact with God because you've got as much power and as much authority as you have you need to have a discerning spirit to know whether it's with God or not of God if it's not of God you need to cast it off God wants to lead you as an individual into the kingdom of God. He said, with inside you, there's two nations. Watch this now. Two nations. Abraham and Sarah had one child promised multiplication. He never seen multiplication out of that. He saw multiplication only when Rebecca came pregnant, and he revealed to her, there is two nations inside you, fulfilling the scriptures that I have told Abraham, multiplication. How many is ready for some multiplication? I'm talking about in your personal life. You want to see something multiplied. Get pregnant with the Spirit of God. Amen. Looking unto Jesus. John 3, 34 said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much shall the Son of Man be lifted up. John 8, 32 And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. The word lifted means to elevate, to exalt, and lift to a high position. That's what we have to do with Jesus. He's been lifted up on the cross, but we have a responsibility to lift him up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, where they had been bitten and they were sick and dying, This world has been bitten by sin. You and I had sin at one time. Brother Ken done a wonderful job in telling church. We need to be careful and to repent every day. We might have done something that we didn't know we'd done to offend the Lord. We need to ask him, Lord, if I've done anything today that offend you, please forgive me. So the anointing will flow through me. We're not here just to drink, we're here to serve. And service sometimes will cost you something. Cost you something. So as Moses lifted up the sermon, Abraham Lincoln said the greatest gift that God has ever given to mankind is the Bible. That's the greatest gift he gave mankind, the Bible. Without the Bible, what would we be? What would we be without the Bible? Which is the word of God? Which is the thoughts of God? Which is the mind of God? Which is the spirit of God? It's everything. And as Moses lifted that up, if we've walked in something from God, we're gonna have to start acting like we've already got it. I don't want to lose you now. You're gonna have to act like, and I'm gonna get to it in a minute if I have time. You're gonna have to act like it's already yours. You're gonna have to start walking it like it's yours. You're gonna have to start talking like it's yours. So you have to believe it's yours. God told Abraham Noah to build an ark. He began to act. Faith without action is dead. What, what does that mean, brother Billy? god gives you a word you have to start acting on it and saying it and believing and sowing some seed and sowing some water around it and believing it's going to come to pass it is yours it belongs to you brother arnie you've got a prophetic word from you know the scripture but we have to have revelation huh we must have revelation from god fresh anointed revelation of the living word of god You had one this morning from the Lord. And I'm going to encourage you to believe that, act on it, and say it, and speak it, and believe it is yours. It belongs to you when you hear the word of God. Somebody that's on the anointed saying the word of God. The Bible, or or, I might say that the five first books in the Bible were written in the wilderness. It was written to men and women that was having wilderness experience and how to live and how to deal with it. I believe we're in a wilderness today, right now. We're in a crisis, not only in America but all around the world. We're in a crisis, but I want to share with you this morning. There's somebody in there with you. Hmm? If you are a Christian, God lives inside of you. Huh? That's where He lives. He doesn't live in this building. Oh Lord, Lord, somebody ought to say, Lord, help Brother Billy this morning. Solomon built the most fabulous, one of the wonders of the world, of a temple. Within seven years, it started deteriorating. Within 40 years, it was totally destroyed. Because God never intended to live in a wood building. He wants to live in something that's movable, tangible, something he can control, something he can give life to. He can't give life to this building. I may not see it, but some of you may see it. You see, that one day, if the Lord tears this building, it will deteriorate, because it's made of wood. But we're not made of wood. We're made of eternal spirit of the living God. It was written in the wilderness. You find this in the book of Numbers, 21 and verse 6 to 9, about they complained. I want this to come out right. If we ever learn... the devastation to our spirit and complaining, we'll quit. If we ever learn what it's doing to our flesh, we will quit. Because it's devastating. And here it is. They've been bitten, Brother Melvin, and they're down in a crisis in the wilderness. But God appears. Moses God wants to appear to you in your wilderness he wants to appear to you personally in your wilderness and he said Moses I want to help these people I know they're done wrong and I probably should annihilate them. but he's a God of compassion he moved with compassion he said build a brazen fiery serpent Put it up on a pole lift it up high. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, if you'll lift me up. If you will lift me up, glory to God. How many know that we need as Christians to lift up God in the midst of the crisis that we're in? We need to speak the word of God. We do not. The king asked Nehemiah, why have you got such a sad face coming into the king's court? Listen, God don't want us to come in his courts and live for him with a sad face. Brother Don mentioned this morning, every one of us has trials and fear and faith once in a while, but that should not take up residence in our house. Because we have the power of God in our lives to drive that out. And the Bible said in everyone, everyone that looked upon that brazen serpent was healed. We must look upon Jesus and Jesus only. And when we look upon him, I guarantee you, something miraculously changes in our lives. Your circumstances may not change. That's one of our problems. Can I, be, can I be your pastor this morning? That's one of our major problems. We want the circumstance changed on the outside instead of changed on the inside. We ought to want God to change me to see it is your will an article Sunday school lesson. The man was in prison, done everything he knew to do to get out. Got lawyers, course, just done everything, but he didn't get out. And finally, he said he humbled himself. God, after 18 years, God, if it's your will for me to be here, then just let me stay. I'm in your will. We ought to say, God, if this is your will for me to be in this crisis, to be in this trial, to be in this trouble right now, let thy will be done. And then uh, as he began to humble himself, the God delivered him from that prison. Don't look for the external to be changed as long as the internal is messed up. Hmm? Look unto Jesus. He has the answer for everything. Man don't have the answer. You run across a lot of people think they got the answer. But you'll find out they don't unless they heard from God. The Bible says in the book of John, you need no man to teach you. He don't mean that you cannot be taught. He means that if somebody don't have the Spirit of God in them, can't teach you because he's the only teacher there is in our lives, and that's the Holy Ghost. Nothing else can teach you but the Holy Ghost. And when they looked up on that serpent, they were all healed. When we elevate Jesus to the highest position that we can in life in our life and we're to ele- elevate him in the wilderness it's easy to elevate the lord this morning is that right it's easy to clap your hands and sing and shout and run back and forth you know glory to god easy to dance and feel joy but what about when you're in the wilderness hmm? what about when things are not going your way when you feel like you've lost everything but i want you to know there's a god in your wilderness we'll get to it in a minute there's an angel also in your wilderness with you you're not there by yourself i We'll give you scriptures that he's there with you because god not his will that we perish it's his will that we have joy unspeakable and full of glory i'm reminded of what Starla said when she's up in the hospital all by herself, when they're telling her she's got cancer, that, that's a devastating thing when you hear you got cancer. But she said as she laid there, she had the peace of God to come upon her like she had never had before in her life. Oh, in your wilderness, when no flesh can touch you, when the doors are shut and says you can't come in, but I want you to know there's no door shut that God can't walk through. He walk into you in your wilderness and in your darkest hour and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. She's not through with the physical part yet, but I guarantee you there's something spiritual is happening in her life. Amen she might want to come up and testify sometime. I don't know. We need to learn to testify what God is doing in our lives so it will encourage others. And I'm not for all testimonies. I done been through that years in the church. I've seen people get up and testify to kill the whole service. We don't need to hear your dirty laundry or your black cats in the alley. We need to hear what God has done in your life and has set you free and brought you out of the wilderness when nothing else could bring you out. That's what we need to hear, the things of God. James says faith without action, without doing something is dead. We have to lift up Jesus. Mark 10, 46 tells us about blind Barnabas. The Bible said he cried. He cried. And others charged him not to cry and leave the master alone. I tell you, the devil don't want you to cry. And the world don't want you to cry. But the Bible said he cried louder and much more. That's what he said. He cried louder. He cried a great deal. And when he did, Jesus stood still. Oh, hallelujah. Joshua stopped, Sister Linda, the S-U-N. Oh, but this blind man stopped the S-O-N. And all the crowds of the world was around him. He stopped for one man. How many know that God will stop the world that he's in just for you? Because he knows what you're going through with. He knows he's the deliverer. Jesus stood still. He stood still. He asked Blind Barnabas, "Said, what can I do for you?" He said, "I want to see." And disciple says, "He called for you." How many could say this morning, "You feel the Lord calling you, huh?" Nobody else around you. i remember one time in the church when I first heard church. This woman was shouting. Another woman said, "Well, you can't shout." Me not feel the Lord, me sitting here next close to you. She's wrong. You can shout and feel the presence of God, and the person sitting right next to you doesn't even know that the God is in you because they could be out of season. Hmm? I got to pull my jacket off, okay? Okay? And the Bible said, I mentioned to you a while ago, We have got to start acting like and walking like the promises of God is ours. Huh? And when they said, the Lord calleth you, the Bible said he pulled off his blind clothes and threw them down. How many know it's time for us to get off some things that we had on a long time that's hindered us in the things of God? When we hear the prophetic word of God, God is calling. He got off his blind clothes. I don't know, it didn't say he had a blind stick, but if he had a blind stick, he threw that down because he knew once he got where Jesus was, he was not going to need that no more. In his wilderness, God met his needs right where he was. Glory to God. Now I know we got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible, please, God. We'll get to that in a minute. But God, hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Larry Lee, that built the church on the rock in Dallas, his dad was an alcoholic, very, very wealthy man in Kilgore, made his money in oil. His mother came to him one day and said, Larry, I can't pray for your daddy no more. I'll give up. I'll give up. I don't believe he's going to be saved. He said, Mama, don't give up. Don't give up. I got enough faith to get him saved. I just leave that off. I got enough faith to get him saved. And he was praying for his dad. One day his mother and his dad were driving down the road, he said. His dad pulled off the road, on the edge of the road, and got out of the car and fell down on the ground. His mother got down beside him and said, What's wrong with you? He said, I'm lost. I'm undone without God. <laughs> And the presence of the lord came on him and saved him right there and filled him with the spirit of god right there listen it just takes one man's faith one woman's faith with the revelation from god hallelujah god's faith and somebody shout hallelujah we have got to get rid of our personal fleshly faith and get a hold of god's faith mark 11:22 22 said have the faith of god He said, he'd given every man the measure of faith. That means what the faith that God has, he gave me. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. you got to slow down. I'm going to slow down. Exodus. God told Moses, Exodus 31 and 33, told Moses, said, I have put the Spirit of God in Herod's heart, and his skill will come and help build the tax silver and gold and everything. I have put my spirit in him. That's just a shadow. The spirit was in Jesus. He wants it to be in us. In 2020, in July, stronger than it's ever been before in our lives. He wants faith to increase in us. We have the faith of God. We have the mind of Jesus. The scriptures confuses me. I'm confused. We have the mind of Christ. Just soon I've talked about this before, we have the mind of Christ. Isn't that what the Bible says? But we have to let the mind of Christ control us. I was reading the other day, you got to renew the spirit of your mind. I thought, oh, my goodness, i got the mind of Christ. What are you telling me I've got to renew that? You're going to have to renew your relationship with God. What you got yesterday is not good today. What you got yesterday ought to be better today than it was yesterday. The joy you had yesterday ought to be better joy today. You have to renew it. You got to renew it. I'm looking for something great to happen. I'm looking for something mighty to happen. Mighty to happen. Acts 3 A certain blind man laid at that temple. All of his life, he was born, he laid at the temple. Here come two men by. And Apostle Paul called in the chief apostles, the chiefest of the apostles, James, Peter, and John. He said they're the chiefest of the apostles. They're the chiefest, and they come by. And they looked at him, and he was begging alms. And they looked at him, and they said, silver and gold, I have none. We interpreted that, they was poor. That's not the meaning of that scripture. That's not the meaning of that scripture. The meaning of that scripture, is they weren't going to give him no silver or gold. Chinese says you give a man a beggar a fish today, he'll beg tomorrow. You teach him how to fish, Brother James, he'll never come begging again. What they was telling him, we're not going to give you no silver, no gold, because if we do, you're going to be back here begging tomorrow. That's not going to free you. Well, what we got to give you... Is Christ Jesus is going to free you from being a cripple, and from now on you're going to rise up? Hallelujah! I was reading that other day, and I got so happy, I got so excited. I got thinking about Peggy. She don't have much strength, and I thought, My Lord, my God, I know she probably ought to exercise. People say, Well, she ought to exercise. She's not able to exercise. But if God can raise up a man being laying there 40 years, had never walked, had never raised his arm, how much more so can he do it today? They said, we're not going to give you no silver and gold. That's not going to help you. What we're going to give you is going to raise you up. And the Bible said he got up and walked. He ran. He jumped into the house of God. He was free because the Spirit of God has set you free. You are free indeed. Looking unto Jesus. The Bible said he looked up unto them, two men. He looked up unto them, but there's something different about these two men that come down by our, anybody else before. These two men had the Spirit of God in their lives. Hmm? They had Christ in their lives. They had the same authority, same power in their lives that Jesus had in his life. And then they said, why are you looking on us? Why, why, why are you looking at us? Something to think we've done something. Huh? Oh, I said, why? Why are you looking at us? We're just men. Why do you think that our holiness, anything had to do with raising this man up? he went on and said, the God that you crucified, the Lord Jesus Christ of glory, has raised him up. How many you know that if you're going to be raised up in your wilderness, it's going to have to be by God and God alone. Nothing else is going to raise you up. Nothing. Praise God. They featured a woman the other day. She's 92. She went through World War II. She's still sewing and making masks today, doing what she can. 92 and still working. I say every day, pig and I going to our grave how? Good old age and what? and full of good health. I believe that we and she and I are going to get better. I believe her flesh is going to get better. I believe it's going to get stronger. I believe you're going to get better. Praise God. going to get better. Praise God. In, in, In your wilderness. In your wilderness. Peter and John had the same power and authority Jesus did. The scripture says look up. Look up. Look up. Your redemption does what? Your deliverance does what? Look up. It's nearer than you think. How many know we must be people that looks up? A professional bull rider has got to know two things. Number one is mentality. Ninety eight percent of riding a bull depends on what? Your mentality not your skill. When you slide down on him, you've got to have your mind made up. When he comes out of that chute, I'm going to do what? I'm going to ride him. And something else, something else he's got to do. He must never look down. When that chute opens, he must cast his eyes upward. Every time he looks down or looks away from looking up, his head, his body follows his eyes. Jesus, I mean, God said, I will guide you with what? My eye. In other words, that means you're going to have to be looking at him, right? Huh? You can't be looking off over yonder and be guided by the God. You've got to look to the Scripture, you've got to look to the Word of God. Some time ago, there's a guy that. In New York, they stretched a the high wire across the highest buildings up there, one to another one. And what did he do? He walked across. And they noticed something very peculiar about what he did. Not one time did his eyes move off the point that he was going. He didn't look down at the wire, he didn't look around. He looked where he was going. What did God tell Lot's wife? What did he tell Lot's wife? Don't what? How many of us looked back? How many look back? I have a hard time. I had to deal with this sometimes looking back at the years I've come short of God and where I've failed here and for that. that. And it seemed like God told me the other day, he said, if you don't quit looking back, I can't help you. You're going to have to start looking forward. You're going to have to start looking where, you, where I want you to go. You can't look back. Anytime we look back, it affects our spirit. Glory to God. And God told Lot, I want you to go where? To the mountain. Did he go to the mountain? No. No, he didn't go. He said, I'm afraid to go. But God has got to change our mentality to get us out of the plains and get us up to up where he can get a mountaintop experience in our lives. He wanted to get Lot up in the mountain where he could talk to him, but he never could get Lot in the mountain. So we got to move up in what God wants us to have. Look up. Don't look what? Don't look back. Don't never look back. The Lord told Abraham, said, I want you to sacrifice your son and your only son, and I will show you the mountain, Then I'm going to do it all. The Bible said he rose up early in the morning, early in the morning and got the wood and got the fire. And the Bible said he walked three days. He walked three days and he lifted up his eyes and he saw the mountain which God had told him. Listen, God wants us to look it up. Scholars said the only way that God could bless Abraham, he had to get him out of his tent. He had to get his mentality changed. His mental state was, he couldn't see the stars were in the tent. He had to get him out of the tent and had to get him to do what? Look up. When you look, that's where your victory comes from. Your victory will never come. Your deliverance will never come looking down or looking back. You've got to look forward. To constantly, consistently moving forward in your crisis, we have crisis. He, we have crisis. I don't know, I don't want to hold you too long. I'm gonna give you one more example. We find in Acts 10 38 that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, he went about healing all that was oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. We find in the book of Genesis 21, where the Lord told Abraham, You're going to have to send Hagar away and Ishmael. You're going to have to send them away. The bondwoman can't live in the same house with Sarah I mean you know there's times in our lives and it may be devastating in our that we're going to have to send some things away to get the blessings of God huh and sometimes it's painful but if we really want the true blessings of God we've got to have courage and strength to do what and the Bible said he got up, rose up early and I want you to notice when God told Abraham something to do what did he do Huh? Rose up early. And he got after it. Faith without action is dead. And he gave Hagar a cruise of water and some food and sent her into the wilderness. That was ugly, wasn't it? Wasn't that mean of Abraham? Listen, when you obey in God, He may send you some places sometime to be ugly to the flesh. But after a little while, the food ran out and the water ran out. She put the boy under a tree, and she went over to a far distance and sat down because she couldn't watch the suffering of the boy. They was in the wilderness of death. Death was all around. The smell of death was everywhere. There was no life. Oh, God. But the child cried. Didn't say Hagar cried, it said the child did what? Cried. How I many of that God hears the faintest cry there is? The faintest cry. And God dying shows up. Can you see that picture? A boy, the lad dying. Hagar dying. Couldn't watch. But God shows up in the wilderness. I believe God is going to show up in this crisis we're in for the world. That thing is going to be gone just like it came. Hmm? If you listen to the news, which I try not to because it's going to discourage you. All you hear is negative and ten thousand different viewpoints. Huh? But when God shows up, oh God. I'm gonna repent. The man came to Jesus, said this is my boy. He throws himself in the fire, he throws himself in the river. He's tried to kill him. All this time. But I want you to know God was there. And they didn't know that God was there. If God hadn't been there, the boy burned up and the boy drowned. said, but God was with him. And Jesus said, bring him where? To where? Bring him to me. And Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? He said, help my unbelief. How many believe the scripture where Paul said, God supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory? Don't be afraid to call on God when you have no faith whatsoever and you're living in unbelief. God is a compassionate God full of glory and full of grace and full of power. He supplies what you need, and what you need is faith. Without faith, it's impossible. Please, God. So he supplies you your faith to believe that you can get from God what he said you could have. He does not condemn you or find fault with you because he knows we're flesh, we're humans, and we're weak, and we fail. Sometimes we get off a of track. But it's God that shows up in the wilderness. And not only that, God showed up in the wilderness with Hagar. He showed up with an angel. I mean, you know that not only you got God with you, you got an angel with you. Hmm? You got an angel with you. He said, fear not, Hagar. I'm going to make that boy a mighty, great nation. Glory to God. How many believe that God going to make you great and mighty? It's not for your own glory and not for the glory of the world, but it's for the glory of Christ. It's the glory of Christ. Amen. You've got to stay out of sight, though. When God begins to elevate you, you're going to stay out of sight. Once you get lifted up, God's going to quit using you. But once you stay humble, he's going to use you. She went and got, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, he opened her eyes. opened her eyes. What God saw with a well or springing water, she didn't see it. How many of your deliverance is right there? Your victory is right there. It's right there in the dust, it's right there in the ground. God opened her eyes and she saw. How many ready for your eyes to be open and see the well underneath your feet? Isaac saw desert. Isaac saw death. He said he's going to go to a foreign land. God saw abundance well. How many know that rung your feet, brother, sisters, there's a well of living waters there for you. And the God of heaven, all he's got to do is open your eyes where you can see and send an angel with himself down there. And God made Ishmael a mighty nation. Because he was the seed and the offspring of Abraham. We are the seed and the offspring of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let us say today I'm going to be what God says I am. I'm the light of the world, I'm the salt of the earth. You may have some crisis. You may have some setbacks, and you may have to have some detours. Y'all don't know Marvin Hicks. I think y'all knew him. Heard him preach in 1976 at Camp Meeting in Lufkin, Texas. He preached on the pendulum on the clock. It's fixed in one place but it swings over here and it swings over there. But it's fixed. When your heart is fixed on God, you may swing over here and you may swing over there, but you're going to come back across the middle more times than you go over there or you go over here. When your heart is fixed on God, you may have some swinging and disappointments and sorrow and grief but God is with you in your wilderness. Jesus said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Not only that, I'm going to bring an angel, and I'm going to charge him to look after you. Become pregnated with the Spirit of God. Renew, fresh revelations. God gave Daniel revelation about the end time. He wasn't but a teenage boy. He gave the apostle Paul revelation that he had never given any man before. And God is still alive. He wants us to have revelation. I want you to notice that most of these revelations you read in the Bible, they came to men and women when they were in the wilderness. Daniel was in captivity. Most of Paul's writings were written in prison for us to encourage us how rejoiceful we should be in the kingdom of God. God bless you. What kind of day are you going to have the rest of the day? Have a great day. God bless you. You're dismissed in the Lord.